0: Hello, my name is Rebecca May Johnson. I'm a writer and cook, and this is my Substack. This week's newsletter is about a restaurant in Birmingham I have visited three times in the past year. Some art I saw there too. There's a salad menu with recipes and my eating notes from the week. Long distance love. In Birmingham, there is a restaurant I have eaten in three times in the last year, almost more than any other. The first time was when I travelled for five hours by train from Essex to see the exhibition "Recipes for Resistance" at Art Gallery in twenty twenty one, curated by artist Raju Rage. The art, the work of the artists that Rage brought together: Sabakan, Jasleen Kaur, Navikul, Yaz Lime, and Rage themselves led to transformative thinking about my relationship with cooking and feeding and about contradictions sustained in the act of cooking. Some of this is documented in my forthcoming book, Small Fires. My visit was during the tail end of a period of fatigue, so I slept on the train and took a taxi to the exhibition. I was grateful for the pieces by Jasmine Kaur made with carpet from her ongoing project, The Five Ks, that I could sit on, cross-legged, as I looked at Sabah Khan's work of prints made using a rolling pin, with text, called, If My Rolling Pin Could Talk, Roti Resilience Reparenting. The interaction between these works was so exciting. Afterwards, I had an iced tea with someone I knew from the internet, who happened also to be at the exhibition, then went and ate alone at a Yemeni restaurant a few doors down that someone on Twitter told me about. At Beit Al Yemeni I sat on an outside table and enjoyed the busyness of Mosley after lockdown. Sociable double parking that reminded me of Rome. Chatting out of car windows. People dressed up for parties, excited kids. I was hot and I had a cool salty Iran to drink, and ordered Faza and Rashush bread, and an unnecessary salad that I did not finish. Their father is a lamb soup with strands of meat, spices, finely diced peppers and fresh herbs, cooked in a stone bowl that it is also served in, keeping its warmth throughout eating. The soup came with a spoon of hulba, a dressing of fenugreek, coriander, chili and lemon that floated on the surface due to its airy whisked up texture. The faza at Beit al-Yemini was, and remains, one of the best dishes I have eaten. Its seasoning was exquisitely balanced, sour and fresh, and with great depth from the lamb, without overwhelming my palate. Their circular reshush bread was almost foo- two foot in diameter, with fine layers of dough that was at turns flaky and elastic, and the nigella seeds on top. I tore pieces of bread to eat with the father, which never grew less compelling as some soups and stews can. The bread enabled me to take everything from the bowl. Afterwards, I had a mint tea and a one-inch square of cardamom-flavoured pink sweet. I drifted out of the restaurant on a dizzy high, feeling better than I had for weeks. From there, I went to Grand Union Gallery on the canal to see more work by Navi Kaur. Mare Gar, a video installation that, quote, replicated notions of Navi's grandparents' family home, their allotment and the gurdwara, housed in a structure, made by Kaur, that expressed elements of both a gurdwara and an allotment shed. I sat on the seat that was part of the space Kaur had made, with shoes off and my feet on the carpet, and watched the allotment rituals of her grandparents' that gathered sacred, pot- sacred potency through her attention. Returning on the train, I was euphoric from the art I had seen and the faza and bread I had eaten. It felt urgent that my partner Sam should eat faza at Beit al Yemeni too. And two months later, we took a detour to Birmingham on the way home after visiting family in Wales. I was nervous that my joy in this meal could not be repeated, and that the feeling that it was one of my favourite dishes would prove fleeting. But Sam had the same rapturous delight, and I found it to be as good, too. Last Sunday I visited Beit al Yemeni for a third time, stopping off for lunch on a drive to Manchester, which itself was a stop on a journey to Glasgow, which was a stop on the way to the Hebridean island. Collinsi, of which more next week. We ordered farza and the Rishush bread again, then mint tea and a pink sweet. This time, they gave us an unexpected, very plain but savoury bowl of broth for free when we sat down, which was delicious. The farza was just as good, though it was not served with a whisked hulba this time. There was a wedge of lemon and a raw dressing of tomato and chillies instead, which was hot and fresh, but we missed the aromatic sourness of the halber and its texture. But I plan to return to eat it again soon. Salady lunch. Before leaving home for ten days, I raced to put tomato seedlings in the ground and cut down as much of the tall grasses and thistles on the allotment as I could. After rain, the brassica, cucumber and courgette seedlings had been annihilated by snails and slugs. But I decided to be OK about it and focus my efforts on tomatoes, getting bitter greens going for the winter, weeding and building structures to support roses and a grapevine. I put in a few extra courgette seeds before I left too, feeling hopeful. For our final lunch before going away, I dug up some errant self-seeded potatoes and picked a gem lettuce. The rest of the meal was composed of things I was trying to use up. Creme fraiche, some sheep's robiola, which is a soft, spreadable, white Italian cheese with a tang, a few spring onions and some bread. Potato salad. Ingredients for two as part of a lunch. Eight to ten small or new potatoes two tablespoons of creme fraiche, greens only of six spring onions, chopped roughly, salt and pepper. Wash, but do not peel the potatoes. Put them in a pan of cold water with a teaspoon of salt and bring to a simmering boil. Cook until tender, then drain. While they are cooking, Mix the creme fraiche with the spring onion greens and salt and pepper in the bowl you will serve them in. Put the cooked potatoes, while still warm, into the creme fraiche mixture and toss well. Delicious! Robiola and cooked spring onion whites on toast. Ingredients. For two as part of a lunch. Three to four spring onion whites per person. Two crust, two pieces of crusty bread to toast. Tangy spreadable white cheese, e.g. soft supermarket goat mini-log or robiola. A few leaves of fresh mint, roughly chopped. Optional, a green chilli, de-seeded and roughly chopped. Olive oil. How to make. Cut a slash down the spring onion whites, lengthways. Toss in a little olive oil with salt and pepper. Then put in a hot frying pan and cook until browned and soft, turning every minute or so. Toast the bread, drizzle with olive oil and season with salt. Spread generously with the soft cheese. Lay the spring onion whites on top and garnish with fresh mint, a scattering of chili, another drizzle of olive oil and a grind of black pepper. Lettuce Salad and Dressing Wash fresh gem lettuce and dry. Dressing One teaspoon of Dijon mustard whisked with three tablespoons of olive oil until emulsified. Let down with a tablespoon of red wine vinegar and add salt and pepper. Toss the dressing with the lettuce thoroughly just as you are serving everything. Eating notes. A Shake Shack Burger with cheese, onion and pickle and a chocolate milkshake at Westfield in Stratford before getting the bus to visit an artist's studio for a potential commission for Vittles where I have recently become an editor. The Shake Shack Burger was significantly better than I ha- than the, that which I had at Five Guys a few weeks ago and the shake was excellent too. The cheese was properly melted. The proportions of meat, garnish and bread were right. And it was hot. The only addition I made was to add a little tomato sauce. Well filled and soft, but well structured Victoria sponge cake. Eaten after a morning selling tea and cake for charity in a friend's beautiful garden. Chips eaten on a beach on the seafront where I live, with salt and vinegar, sat next to Sam. I think about American style, sorry, American diner style pies quite often, their shape, filling and crust. And I yearn after them quite often too, having watched dozens of people eat them in films and on TV. US pies are baked in metal tins that have different proportions to British pies with the sides at an angle giving them an open shape. It is a totally different pie culture to the UK. I would like to go to America and visit a diner every day for a week and drink black coffee and eat a slice of pie. Doing this seems to do something distinct for the people I see in films and TV, and read about in books. This week I gazed rapt at a refrigerated pie display case at Idle Hands Cafe in Manchester that made American-style pies. I ordered a slice of cherry pie and a slice of New York cheesecake. Appropriately to my cultural references, I was on a car journey, and had stopped off to eat pie on my way to Glasgow. I have not eaten a cheesecake in several years, and this was especially good. Just on the right side of sweetness, very cool, with that intriguing quality that cheese possesses. Thanks for listening.